All right, all right, all right. You're right here. This is Press Record with J-Mac. And today I've got the privilege, round two, with Carl Granger from the, from the Slow Joint. So round of applause for Carl Granger, everybody. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thanks. Thanks for having me along. It's, uh, it's, uh, we, I'll be honest, we had a, a bit of a go on Sunday, but um, we had a bit of a technical glitches with the GoPro keep turning off and, and so on and so forth. Hopefully, everyone at home seeing a much clearer wide-angle shot of me and just what they wanted. You know, I know they're really desperate to see more of me. But um, hopefully, you're getting a much better shot of me. And uh, I've been told to sit up a bit more because I'm slouching. I've got to get a better chair, but that's probably next on my list. But look, if you've ever been at a barbecue comp, and you know, people tend to get hammered at barbecue comps, and someone gets so hammered that they actually are dribbling into the brisket while they're trimming it up <laughs> then go ahead and press the like button if you've ever seen that and hit subscribe the first meat stock meat stock 2017 we were next to a bunch of waikato boys and it was four of them in their team and to this day i haven't been able to catch up with them but they basically all just decided to come and have a go at it and as part of that one took brisket one took whatever 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 so uh old mate gets absolutely hammered on saturday and he was putting his brisket on, trimming it up in the dark. I think he had like his phone light going. He was completely hammered and he was actually dribbling into the brisket. He ended up putting it on. He didn't rub it, forgot to rub it. And he put it on and consequently, uh, you know, I don't know where they come, but I bet they come to the last. Anyway, he fell asleep with the pit going and everything. And his pit went, I mean, completely out. I mean, no coals, nothing. We tried to wake him up, but couldn't get him to, to wake up. So... So that was uh, that was a. I, I think everyone's had a bit of that at a comp, and surely Carl, you're no stranger to these types of things happening at comps. You've been in the comp scene for a long time now. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen at a comp? The funniest thing. That's pretty, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of lot of uh, entertaining entertaining things that happen during comps, um, and some craziness that goes on all the time. I, I mean. I mean, the Hamilton one where the guys busted out the grinder and everything to fix the pit was a good one, right? Uh, that was the uh, Pat Pigs. Yeah, Damien and their team. Quickie Still uh, giving a hard time first, about that. The first meat stock, there was a um, group of guys that came down from up north and they had a, they camped out in a tent overnight and uh, they drank so much on the first night they didn't even get up the next day. So. <laughs> They missed the whole thing. <laughs> missed the whole comp. I love it. I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, not being a drinker myself, I don't know where it is where guys throw away a whole weekend just for a, like a, like, you know, obviously, I mean, it's it's all in the name of good fun, but you're there to do a competition. And I don't know, it just seems, maybe you can explain it to me. It just seems silly that you'd go to all that trouble and expense you know, some of these teams will practice and then you go up and you blow it all on the big night by going overboard. Um, I mean... So long as you can pull... I think the whole thing is, yeah, whether you can pull the reins in and uh, pull it off the next day. We had a, we had a pretty pretty good experience in uh, 2018. 2018 meat stock. And um, we... Was this the one you guys come second at, at Meat Fingers 1? Is that the one? That would be the one, yeah. Yeah, it was a good experience for you. Yeah. But then we... I, I took it pretty hard on on Saturday that um, about not doing so well in SCA and uh, hit, hit, 
hit the epics quite quite hard that that night that night after that to drown my sorrows, and um, was caught caught feeding um, thinking I was putting wood into my stretch. I was actually feeding wood into <laughs> my so market. What happened there? I mean, so you you guys the stretch boys were next to each other, were they? Yeah, and you probably you probably wanted to be cool and have them like next to each other or facing each other or symmetrical, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then what? You got mixed up, did you? It gets quite confusing when you when you had a few. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! That's a good one, guys. If you've ever come across that, let us know in the comments where you've fed the wrong barbecue. That's a good one, Carl. Even from you. Well, um, I mean, you're no stranger to barbecue. I mean, you've been there right from the get-go um, and right through to today. You've, you've, you've probably one of the most um, broadly involved barbecuers. You barbecue in a very well-known team. Uh, you are a head judge, qualified head judge. And then you like to get your hands involved in the SCA judging. You've, you've done a lot of meat stocking with me and... We've been over to Australia a few times together. Um, that, I've got to admit that 2019 one was some funny stuff there in Sydney with you guys. Um, that was one of the one of the better ones. Um, so, where did barbecuing start for you? Like, uh, have you always been into food? Have you always been considered yourself a foodie, or where did it start? Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I don't know. I think I've just yeah, I've sort of re always been interested in cooking. Um, Got a you know fairly extensive collection of cookbooks, but but I just um, always always like to be involved in um, in the cooking. I've probably yeah like to like to challenge my palate after um, home cooking with with mum and that she <laughs> they they didn't have quite they didn't have a really broad. <laughs> Broad range of food things, so it was always always interesting. But um, now, your parents—you grew up in Nelson, is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. And are your parents rural folk, or are they city dwellers, or I mean, everyone's yeah, rural in Nelson, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, compared to compared to the big smoke, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> what I mean is, you probably didn't grow up in a family eating a lot of fast food and all that kind of thing, like I did. Like, uh, sorry, like like my kids are. My kids are growing up, you know, freaking fast food every night. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I actually have been uh, I mean I started same as you cooking with mum and then I had become a chef in the 90s um, and uh, had a brief uh, break from chefing um, for, for a number of years but now I've come back to it but I hate cooking at home I mean I'll cook at home if it's planned but I hate cooking the drudgery of cooking nightly meals and my wife actually has a good go at it and doesn't complain so and as, I figure as long as you eat what she puts in front of you you pretty safe though so do you cook cook the meals at home or yeah quite enjoy, quite enjoy quite enjoy cooking at home and mixing things up for the kids it get, gets a bit tough sometimes trying to put put something new and exciting in front of the uh, kids and they're tearing it no i don't need that <laughs> yeah i think we've all done that and is uh are your kids fond of barbecue i mean my kids absolutely love barbecue yeah yeah love, love to be involved in it um Having the challenge at the moment of keeping Lexi away from the hot barbecue. <laughs> now, how, how old are your children? So Lexi's almost two and James is almost seven. So nice. Um, nice. yeah, James is starting to get James involved and in, um, and helping me out on out on the queue. We, he look, always likes to uh, bring out his bamboo sticks with some marshmallows and 
get those roasting while I'm getting the fire going. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, look, my, I've got a I've got a two year old who's almost three, and I've got a, a seven year old who's almost eight, and I've got a ten year old. And um, uh, you know, the ten year old's the only one that helps. Um, they all like barbecue. Um, thank goodness. I don't know what I'd do if they didn't. Um, but uh, it's really good. It's really a great thing. To yeah. be able to cook with your family is uh, the best best thing in the world. And my kids have become very critical of barbecue. And um, we had actually had a we actually had our annual uh, belly or bus competition a couple of weekends ago, two weekends right. ago, which is uh, just a little mini comp that we do here in Hamilton with the boys. And uh, my kids my kids help judge. And yeah, they they're very critical, bro. I'll tell you if it's tight <laughs> or if it's too whatever. So uh, we're breeding a good barbecue. We're breeding the next generation of judges for you, Carl. <laughs> and did good. your dad? I mean, did you grow up with your dad barbecuing? Um, yeah, the old man built. Not not really yeah. feeling that angle right there, bro. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, the old man built one of those old school uh, orange brick barbecue um, areas. So the big table out to the side, um, big. He's a fitter and turner by trade, built, um, welded up a big firebox, a big grill plate on the top of it. And fitter and a, turner? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, yeah. Um, and he put, yeah, so that was a wood, their first barbecue there was a wood-fired grill. So he'd send my brother and I out there to get the, get the fire going. And we always had great delight in trying to build the biggest biggest roaring fire we could we could come up with and to the point that you couldn't cook on the grill for the next three hours because <laughs> it's too yeah, hot. Nice, nice. I mean, I would have wrung your neck if it was me. You can really damage a barbecue. <laughs> it. That's all right. He sounds like he's more patient than me, so that's a good thing. <laughs> and um, um, so now we're just talking a lot of grilling, right? But it sounds like it's like a braai style where they build a big fire and let it burn down and then cook over it. Is that, yeah. is that accurate or...? Yeah, pretty much. Um, on to those. Yeah, right. Okay. On, the, on the back of that as well, I had a, another experience. I think I've said before, I went, I was um, at, at school dating a, dating a girl, girl oh, who... I mean, is the wife going to hear this, bro? Should we really... <laughs> I don't know if we should go down this route. <laughs> We're, um, this is my first experience with... Um, I fill it, actually. Was All right. Given, yeah, her, her old man was a stock agent. They right. had plenty of, plenty of uh, home kill, and, and he, he pulls out this um, just awesome piece of eye fillet and goes, oh, you can cook this on the barbecue. I hear you're pretty good on the barbecue. You can cook this on the barbie. And you go, oh, okay, what's the barbie? Now, is this the missus, is this the at the time, your love interest's father, was it? Correct. Yeah. And, and what, were you trying to impress him with your barbecue prowess or...? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, hence why the relationship never went anywhere or what? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> especially when, especially when he, he points it to the points out to the barbecue and it's one of those round discs, almost like it's made out of a, an old wheel or something, with just a grill over the top of it and um, fired or fueled by pine cones. Pine cones, wow. Yeah, right. right. Well, they do burn. They burn all right. But um, obviously, pine emits resin when you cook on it. So you don't want to cook, you know, too close to it. I mean, uh, you, it I mean if, it's, if there's a hot plate involved, you're all right. 
I mean, this is just a group, just a bit of mesh sitting over the top of it, and then, then <laughs> rusty and then, was it rusty? <laughs> it's gonna be rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be rusty. <laughs> it's funny that um, it's one thing I like, you know, as I've done more barbecuing, I've really become a snob for a clean barbecue, and you know, up until probably I started cooking with Tuffy, it's just like he's so meticulous about keeping his grill clean. And um, that's just, I don't know, it's just something I've picked up from him. And man, I, I almost like, I've got a, like, I cook on the Octopit uh, regularly and the Octopit has 316 stainless trays. That's part of one of the design features because we designed it to be a commercial barbecue. So at the time when we designed it, this is probably going back five, six years ago, it, um, the, the regulations were anything that came in contact with the with food in terms of barbecue had to be stainless steel. Um, so all the trays in the Octopet are 316. It's not a requirement today, by the way, for guys who are uh, curious. Um, but one of the great things about the Octopet is we can just bang those trays through a commercial dishwasher and just strips all the crap off them, down the drain it goes, and uh, you're cooking on a brand new tray, literally a brand new tray after a three minute cycle in the dishwasher. It's great. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I clean my trays every week, all of them. I've got about 30 trays and uh, run them all through. And we'll actually run a whole barbecue through as well. Finettos, uh, GAs, whatever will fit. But just become, yeah, just become a snob. Now for guys out home cleaning at home um, on your expanded mesh barbecue, what have you found to work really well there, Carl? Because you guys cook on expanded mesh, don't you? Yeah. Um, water blast is really good, which is a bit difficult in Auckland at the moment. Now, you know, do, you, do you steam, steam water blast it or just water blast? Uh, just well, a combination, but... If I if I can get hot water coming to run into it, I'd rather do rather do steam. But um, now is this at Wash World or is this at your place? At home. Well, I've done a few at Wash World, but you get told off. <laughs> hey, I mean, you just go at night when no one's there. Yeah, I and mean, there's no regulation on the using Wash World that says you can't do that. Otherwise, I mean, what kind of service is that? Mm. It has all these rules about how you use it. Yeah. I cleaned my barbecue for years, my commercial pit, you know, a big, a big trailer pit um, at Washworld for years. <laughs> and I'm sure the guy hated my guts. I'd fill up the whole bin full of just black burnt crap. And then I would pressure wash it out with uh, just steam, steam clean it. And, it, you know, oh, all right. That, the old Caleb's pit, his big trailer, the big blue trailer pit just before meat stock when I took that yeah, down to meat stock. Does trailer pit have a, have a name? Um, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't think. I don't know if he has named it. But. Okay. Well, we need to find out what its name is. Yeah. I'll um, message his wife and ask him. Yeah. Ask her what the uh, what the name of the. Oh, ask Elijah. Aren't you taking him down to uh, West Shore? Well, bro, can you not keep a secret? Is this... <laughs> <laughs> I invite him along. He goes, "Oh, Jared's already." Right. He. Sh I told him <laughs> that if anyone else asks him, he has to say he got a better offer. <laughs> <laughs> he got a better offer, and which is you know, which is fine. I probably is. It's, it's better. It'd be better for him to learn. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the reality of it. I, was, I invited him when his dad was um, uh, up at Cumu. I invited him to cook with us any time he wanted. In fact, I invited all of the all of the boys or any of the boys that wanted to, and uh, talked to him recently and said, "Look, we've got um, a couple of comps coming up. If you'd like to join." Um, a better a team 
not the betterest because obviously he'll never turn his back on lower and slower, but just a betterer team. And um, and he's accepted the offer to come and cook with us at um, the new Plymouth comp. So uh, as long as the dates work, he's still getting back to us. So, so uh, you know, we'll, we'll be looking to GC that one in honour of his father. I mean, that's going to be an important one for us. So you can expect if, if he cooks with us that um, you will see us pulling out all the stops to win that one. So this is the new Plymouth competition that hasn't been announced. Hasn't been yet. announced, yeah. But by the time we post this, I mean it's not like a lot of people listen to these things. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, we've uh, I've, I looked at the stats the other day. Look, we've gone almost over ten k listens in total, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And we only have though we only have about sixty subscribers. So I don't know if people just aren't using YouTube or much, or maybe just this sucks for them or whatever. I don't know. I don't really care, but. Um, but yeah, we've got good stats. So we've got almost 10,000. Oh, it's interesting because Spotify will actually give you the hours listened to in real time, which is pretty interesting because obviously this is a long form program. So anyway, mm. we're not going to, we're going to post this tonight because that's the co-papa. But supposedly there's a competition being announced in New Plymouth and supposedly we'll be uh, cooking as a collaboration for that one. So good. So yeah, um, first. so just going back to your journey with barbecue, so when did you start getting into low and slow barbecue, like American? What inspired you to get into American low and slow? I mean, growing up, I'd always been playing around with fire and putting stuff over the fire. I went through the phase of um, moving on to gas barbecues and using gas barbecues. used to have a big stainless steel 6 or 8 or 12 or 15 burner barbecue with the... So over the, with the wok burner and the yeah plate and um, ceramic ceramic um, rotisserie plate along the back and I used to go along and get big seven kilo rolled pork shoulders and crackle them up and cook those and serve those up for had some pretty good um, Christmas dinners on those um, and did that but then I think I really got back into it um, early days of. Um, the, I went, went along to the Auckland Food Show, um, mm-hmm. Taste Auckland or whatever the first, and and um, Will from Neat Meat was cooking, grilling up some stuff and slow cooking some stuff on a acorn, um, right. and saw and saw that and I was like, man, yeah, I really want to get back into cooking back on on charcoal, and um, my wife Bex um, for was it my I think my birthday. Of that year, bought me a yeah, bought a bought me the acorn. So what a keeper! <laughs> and the barbecue. So, so that was your first low and slow appliance. Would be the acorn, even though it's really hot and fast. But yeah, I mean, I'd say it's it's low cooking back. Yeah, moving back onto charcoal. Um, yeah, and then that started the back on the <laughs> yeah solid fuel journey. Now, have you, is your, is your wife Bex, does she, um, she enjoy barbecue? She enjoy eating barbecue? Ah, uh, she does. Yeah, um, yeah, she's, she's, uh, very, very patient with the amount of time that I now invest in it. <laughs> Both, yeah, well, uh, look, I mean, you could be at the strip clubs, is what I point out to my wife. <laughs> I, could, I could be at the strip clubs. The fact that I'm out here cooking meat for the family should delight you. Yeah. So, so it's good. Um, number, and a number of times you drop and go, oh, actually, I've booked flights. I'm going to... No, I'm just to off to Nelson, or I'm just off to... 
yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I've had a few of those conversations with Mishwala over the last 12 months, man. It's been, uh, I think I took 23 or 22 flights last year for barbecue. Yeah. So she, she's a patient woman. She's, um, no, they're great. They're great. She's a huge supporter of, um, my low and slow, uh, evolution. So it's great. Um, and, uh, what, what came after the acorn? Now the acorn was, uh, is that a, com- it's a Kamado I know, but is it ceramic or is it steel, insulated steel? No, double, yeah, double, double steel. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've got a rip off of an acorn or, or like, I think they were sold under several brands. I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a few of them. Like Char Griller. Oh, it's or called a Tamanda or Commando or something. Commando. One was a Commando, like the original. Yeah, the early one. I can't remember where. Yeah, my one's made by Char Broiler or Char. Yeah, um, I got it from Royden actually. Shout out to Royden. He's always been such GC for barbecue, and uh, hmm. he's um, helped a lot of teams out out with various bits and bobs and. And I know he's moved on from Ava, but, you know, he deserves the recognition for the contribution that he made to barbecue uh, while he was involved heavily with it. Um, so I got it off him, I think, 2017, when we first got um, hooked up with Heat Beats. I was, trying to work, I was trying to work it backwards as to when I first kicked this off, because um, I, I did a cycling pig on it for my son's first birthday. On the little acorn? Yeah, so that that must have been like two thousand and four. What'd you do? Like cut it up and uh, how'd you keep it? What'd you do? Uh, I had to break his back so I could kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eighteen inches, isn't it? Isn't it like uh, oh no, twenty twenty one inches? I think the yeah, not sure. Acorns. But yeah, curl, curl him around, curl him around. Did you tie uh, a knot in him? <laughs> pretty much. Put his legs together. How did he uh, turn out? Filled filled him up with. Filled up the cavity with um, pork sausage meat and breadcrumb and mix or whatever. Look, uh, look, for those at home listening, breadcrumbs have no place all sorts in of different. cooking in 2020. Uh, it was something our parents did to try and make uh, food go further. We're completely spoiled <laughs> well, these days. Stuffing and stuff. So, um, no, no, and foiled his ears and foiled his snout and his trotters and came out awesome. So, had all these well, one-year-olds, one-and-a-bit-year-olds running around, picking picking the uh, meat off a whole whole hog. Now, you must have had a bit of crackling because acorns. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Especially suckling pig. You get, you get awesome like because there's not a lot of fat underneath the skin as well, so it's like that candy crackling. Oh, it's like a toffee apple just breaking yeah. through it like glass. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I tell you what, I mean, we've done a lot of cooking belly in the last, probably the last three months. I've cooked a ton of belly and honestly, um, it's a tough cut to cook on a low and slow appliance. I mean, you've got to, you've got to be patient with it. And I mean, it's so easy to burn that skin. Um, but I cooked one just um, on Saturday, just gone. And I've got to say, I'm really happy with how it turned out. In fact, uh, you've actually inspired me, Carl to give it another shot this weekend. So I've got no plans for Saturday, which is unusual for me. But I'm gonna, um, yeah, might smash out a belly on the old, uh, on the old gateway drum, sitting at home, collecting rust. <laughs> I, um, Sizzle. Yeah, I did try um, crackling on the gateway once before, but it just, it didn't. It it kind of went glassy, like you said. It didn't really puff up. I like I like a nice puffy crackling. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, gateway cer- certainly capable of hitting those higher temperatures. So. 
it's just um you get so much fat dripping down into the gateway you end up just catching the whole thing on fire so yeah um there's no deflector in a gateway they just use a bit of tin foil but um but maybe i'll give it a shot or maybe i'll just bang it in an offset i don't know excuse me i am a very physical worker and the minute i sit down like uh like this and it is evening uh man i'm i'm gone man i need to be moving to to stay stay awake uh so uh so you so uh, so when would this have been with the acorn when did you get shacked up with the acorn yes yeah, so i was trying to yeah this was, it must have been like 2014 2015 or something so it was i mean did you watch the Pitmasters show as well yeah i think everyone... did that did that inspire you to get involved with but uh with uh charcoal cooking again you know low and slow cooking yeah, to a degree. Like, um, yeah, just seeing some of the stuff they were doing and and how they were, how they were cooking it. I don't know if that was a, that was, yeah, that, I don't know if that was the lever that really put me into it. It's just once, um, once I got the charcoal and got that going, and just some of the food and the taste that was coming off it. So yeah, this is, this is it. This is the go. Um, and it then the back of that got a Weber. Just that. Just like, like a one touch or whatever they call it. Yeah, they all premium or whatever it was premium yeah, yeah. yeah now just going back to pitmasters before you move on to the weber um who is your favorite to watch on the pitmasters like which character appealed to you the most um like mo was always interesting to watch he was really good to watch um as far as the judging panel goes toughy up there um and yeah just some of the stuff they were talking about talking about up there just yeah insightful um yeah a couple of them there's a couple of guys that i haven't really heard of anymore that um aren't really in there now. i can't can't recall but well, it was actually a while ago uh, um, today yeah it's quite a while ago something johnny johnny trigg some of the stuff he was doing yeah yeah harry sue and yeah, i don't know if it's really with harry sue actually well he was in season one so Fact, did he win season one? I think he did. I think he won season one. And yeah, from what I heard, they um, I thought they, I don't think I think they, I don't think like uh, Myron that were that impressed <laughs> because they were getting upstaged. Boy. Well, remember he was cooking. He was cooking on drums, wasn't he, with um, smart fires or fireboards or something? Yeah, and the, and he was like the whiz kid, you know, like the the the, the new the new school cooking hot and fast on these drums. And remember there was that one episode where they had like a hurricane came through and all his fireboards and everything got ruined. <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Cause I mean, you know, I mean, if you can't, you, I mean, that stuff can become a crutch for sure. Yeah. Well, look at us, more better barbecue. If our fireboard craps itself during a comp, we're high and dry. We can't actually cook on our barbecue without the fireboard. Like, cause we're running our, no, Driving your gravity feed now, is it? Yeah, so um, I have a bit of a kit that I bring to comps that has two fireboards. Um, I don't have two fans, and I really need to get a second fan um, and extra cables and all that other stuff. Because if, obviously, if we ever fail, if our fireboard ever failed itself, then we would be stuffed. So, I, and I got to admit, I, uh, it's a reliable bit of kit, and I've become pretty good at um, using it. There was a few few comps like uh, Napier last year. I couldn't. I just got the fan, and I couldn't work out how to actually make it read the sensor. And actually, consequently, found out it was got to be plugged into port one. The uh, the the pit sensor has to be in port one. 
right. I had the meat in port one and the pit in two. And so what's driving? So what's driving it then? So you've got to, you've got to have a power source to run it, right? Now it's got its own onboard battery, oh, so has. which is one of the great things about it. So it's all self-powered, and then um, it can actually run the fan off the battery on board as well. But it only, I think it lasts three or four hours. So what I worked out is that it's all twelve volt um, or USB. And the fan input is 12 volts. So I just got a Milwaukee drill battery, which has which you can buy a hot shoe for it. And that gives you a USB and a 12 volt output. The 12 volt output on the Milwaukee hot shoe is to run their jackets, their heated jackets. Yeah. Um, and is supposed to be a substitute for like your car cigarette lighter plug or whatever. So it has a little, um, I think they call it 3.5 millimeter DC plug has that on it, which is what the fireboard uses. So I bought a little connector cable with just a male on each end. And then I plugged the fireboard out of the USB output on the hot shoe and then the DC output into the fan. It'll run it for freaking a week. I mean, the four amp hour battery, it just runs it. And it can, when, when the fireboard's running the fan, for those guys who are getting into this kind of technology, it <laughs> won't support the fan above 60% because it's draining too much. So once you plug a DC power supply in, whether it's a cigarette lighter or any other other power supply, um, it will actually then bring the fan to life and actually allow it to go 100%. So I've learned a lot about it. Probably, I, don't, I mean, it's definitely still learning more. Um, and I'm excited because they've got a brand new fireboard coming out shortly, which is um, now Meathead, yeah, which you. you must have Meathead's book. I yeah, Meathead, who really has, I reckon, the best website around. Yeah, amazing ribs. Yeah, in terms of just, just un, uh, just information. information. The yeah, the information, yeah. the reviews, the science behind barbecue. Yeah, so he has he has probably the best, if not one of the best websites. Uh, his video contents is not not Malcolm Reed's or anything like that, but that's all right. Uh, and and he rates the fireboard as the best um, controller on the market, and he's completely supposed to be completely unbiased. I, I've tried Tapacue and I've tried Stoker. I've used Stokers for many years. I haven't tried all of them, but I've tried a damn fair share of them. I own. You haven't, you haven't got the new Tapacue there, right? Yeah. No, I don't. And that's one thing I think the fireboard have either copied or been inspired or whatever you want to call it mm. off uh, Tapacue as they've brought out the now full screen model. So I've, I've spoken to um, to Derek about that, and he's got me one on order. So as soon as they come in, two grand or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much. Uh, I mean, I just buy them. So work picks. Up, Jacinda picks up the bill. Actually, uh, come the end of the year, it just gets filed as a tax return. Uh, but what I use them for is also monitoring the refrigerators. They actually have refrigeration probes. So in yeah. a commercial kitchen, you're supposed to record the refrigeration data daily. So, like, you have your person go in and check what temperature the refrigerator is. Mm. And so at, at one of my sites, I have there are refrigeration probes plugged into the fridges and then the fireboard just records the data so I don't have to worry about it. And you can actually set alerts on the fireboard if you go into their website, uh, like your username on their website, and you can actually set up alerts so that if it drops above or below a certain temperature, it'll actually notify you which is very, very handy in the commercial space because uh, you've got to monitor it. I mean, yeah, that sort of stuff as well. It's pretty handy um, at home, like running like the probes. Beer, beer, can, uh, beer brewing can or whatever. Feed, feed to your, yeah, brewing beer. Yeah. But, but um, even just like your home barbecue cook, you can put chuck it in your pit and 
it can keep send messages to your phone and keep oh, you in yeah. with what your temps are so you can disappear off the road to the bottle store and restock your fridge or get out with the kids and the family. Yeah, well, particularly if you've got like, um, for sure it's a good fail safe like that. I mean, I've never really, tr- like at home I've got a wooden deck, so I never really cook on uh, unattended because I'm just always, you know, I've seen all those photos online of people burning down their houses and whatnot. And I never got around to buying a sheet of Hardee's just to sit the barbecue on. But um, but anyway, but yeah, I, I I mean, that's the way to go, man. If you can um, get that data to your phone, it just gives you that peace of mind. Mm. And um, especially if you're tracking like the internal temperature of the meat, um, where you can go, oh yeah, she's getting close to being wrapped or, or whatever. Yeah. Not that I wrap by temperature, but it's certainly, I mean, the more data you get, the better off you're going to be in the short term. I think as the years roll on and you get more and more experienced, you can do things less by probes and more by sight. But yeah. in the early days, I think it's a good tool. So um, now you're just about to tell me about your Weber premium. So you've got a Weber premium, do you? Well, the, I got the original one. Yeah. So the kettle, the, yeah. Yeah. I think the premium has like a, like a, a dish that sits down the bottom. Yeah. That's it. I don't have yeah, one, so that was a go. That was a go-to for quite some time. Did my apply tr- my trade, learning this, learning the snake, and doing that sort of thing. I've kind of moved away from that now. I'm pretty basic. Just go back to throwing some charcoal in there and letting it do its thing, and just play around with the fire. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a a, a machine specifically designed for low and slow, you wouldn't mess around doing anything on a like a Weber snake or whatever, would you? Yeah. I mean, if you've got a stretch uh, now, sitting uh, there or, uh, or whatever. Stretch, yeah. Yeah, so we did, um, I bought Stretch. So, I, yeah, I got the first Stretch in the country. Now, is wow. that true? I mean, because Melville would say the same thing, wouldn't he? I owned the first Stretch in the country. So okay. I, I ordered I ordered the first Stretch. Yeah. There was, um, by, by era, there were two in the container. <laughs> by era? So, so two, well, um, Matt Saunders had ordered, he'd ordered a Stretch from me and he had, He'd, I think he'd ordered a, a tubby, but they didn't send the tubby. They sent another stretch um, and a couple of um, the gravity feed um, grills as well. So um, we have fed, the gravity feed stretch looking things. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's got those then? Uh, there were there were a couple of um, food trucks that ordered some of those in. Okay, I've never heard that. I've seen him in Australia, but I've never seen him here. No, there's a couple floating around. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I saw... um, Just just, um, tell us, uh, the Pro-Q is made in, is it Hungary or Turkey or something? Yeah, the cabinet smokers are built in Hungary. Hungary. It just seems like an old country to build barbecues in. Yeah, well, Ian, Ian, whose company it is, so he's Seth... uh, I think he's Zimbabwean, Zimbabwean or South African, but anyway, he lives in the UK. Yeah, weird. Um, yeah, and gets it, gets the kit manufactured in uh, Hungary, in Europe, on the bullets, I think, somewhere else. But um, yeah. Hey, so, I mean, if it works, I met, met him at uh, Meatstock a few years ago, and yeah, um, in the in the bar in the, at the hotel. Maybe years ago. Yeah. yeah, he seems like a nice fellow. Yeah. But I actually haven't seen much of the Pro-Q product being, you know, like there was a big push in 2017, 18 
Procues, everyone was buying Procues and, and Octopits and so on, and uh, I haven't, haven't really seen much happening with those. I wonder why that might be. Just maybe, maybe there's, well, certainly from my analytical sense, there's a lot more barbecues available today, right? I mean, when we were making barbecues back in 17, no, there was us or no, or nothing, you know, it was us yeah. or the stretch. So, um, yeah, there's a, there is a lot more available in the market now, um, and a lot more variety. Um, and yeah, early days, like, I mean, if you've got a trailer, you've got a smoker on a trailer, makes things easier although you still would have somewhere to put it put in a trailer shift moving a um, stretch around becomes problematic <laughs> if you experience you noticed um just with the stretch because i know it's like a powder coated finish on it have you noticed much deterioration on the outside of it like it seems pretty well weatherproofed have yeah the cover on it or do you just let it sit out there i'm um, once it's in under the veranda and at, okay at home now um, although mine's been recoded, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners about how you dropped the stretch off the side of the trailer and damaged it? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, like I say, the stretch is a little bit difficult to move around and maneuver. Um, well, it's only difficult if you're trying to shifting. do it by yourself. It's not Correct. difficult otherwise. So I've been take, taking it to comps, to and from comps on um. At, I just hire a tail lift so I can load it, load our gear and tend to load quite a few other people's gear in the in the um, tail lift to take them into comps and that. Yeah, but and not to lift fridges in for more better and well, Octave Hit Pro and everything. Mm. Been quite. There are you handle. still sponsored by Hire Pool or was, what happened there? Um, can we get the pack on board? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, I wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind a sponsorship like that. I think they they're more interested in people who um, tow boats and go fishing. <laughs> but Got a um, few of those in your team, which we can get into shortly. Yeah. So, what you're lifting? Uh, from what I understood, you was lifting the stretch by yourself, and it fell off the back of the tail lift. Is that? Yeah, so I got home after Kumu, um, and it was a bit moist. <laughs> it was raining. Um, I was hanging around for some of the other guys to see if they can give me a, give me a hand. Um, and I was like, oh, nah, I should be right. I can do this by myself. And, um, yeah, yeah lied down, down the tail lift and um, tilted it the wrong way. And things went awry pretty quickly. You didn't, obviously, <laughs> didn't strap it down with the tail lift. You were sort of standing on the ramp operating nah, the control. Standing there holding it just as yeah, you would. Right. Now, how much <laughs> do they weigh? They've got to be two or 300 kilos, right? They're 280 kilos. Yeah, they're heavy but heavy but boys, yeah. and they've got a. They're a tower for those at home. Save you looking it up. They're like a vertical smoker, cabinet smoker, and yeah, they are. Cool. And they, uh, I mean, they've. You center know, of gravity is interesting. Well, they've got a high center of gravity, but they've also got a very narrow base on them, so they become quite tippy. Now, I think it's is it Roman Cure, maybe one of the Aussie teams that had a widened the wheels on these and made it a bit more stable. Put Roman Cure had, had a few guys at it. Um, uh, changing the configuration of the wheels. Um, suck knuckle smokers, Craig, who suck knuckle smokers was pretty much inspired. Them and um, Shank Brothers pretty much inspired my decision to buy a um, a stretch. They were they were competing in winning competitions in this, in Australia, um, and 
yeah, was that as as far as yeah, as a cooking, but also it's got a it's a small footprint, but a lot of cooking space. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, what what you could probably fit six briskets in it, or five briskets, you or seven seven briskets in there. Yeah, or like little gra- little grass fed things, or nah, nah, nice big fat ones. It's nice and tall. Yeah. A lot of shelves in there. How many shelves does it come with then? Uh, yeah, there's seven shelves in there. Yeah, right. Now, the gastronome shelves, uh, I mean, my briskets are bigger than the gastronome. Um, it's, a gastronome uh, it's a gastronome pan size from memory. The deep ones, yeah. And I've, yeah. Got, I've got, I mean, briskets usually bigger than a gastronome, some of the guys that I deal with anyway. The, the, anyway, the yeah. um, I'm regularly dealing with seven plus kilogram briskets, which is yeah. pretty standard for me, which is um, a big brisket, but if you're going to cook and, it... And that, that's, that's, another, that's another thing with the, um, the stretch as well, because you, you can drop gastro pens directly into those frames. So Yeah, yeah, which is a really intelligent design feature of the barbecue, so I really like that. So uh, now is Matt, Matt Saunders from uh, Barbecue Supplies New Zealand, isn't it? Yep. Is it New Zealand Barbecue Supplies? I can never remember which one it is. Barbecue Supplies New Zealand. Okay, so give him a give him a like and a follow, guys, and check him out online. He's got a great range of, and I do believe he's still the Pro Q man, and he, uh, he, he he can hook you up if you are looking for that kind of barbecue. And um, obviously, comes yeah, highly recommended from Carl because he still owns it. <laughs> yeah, the Kevin Smoke is awesome, but he also, I mean, the Pro Q bullets as well are a great a great and versatile unit. Um, oh yeah, they're good. Yeah, we've we've talked at length about those, and uh, still do believe they're the most versatile barbecue around. Yeah, so our, our team, our team, have, we've each got each got a uh, bullet. So, so we all know what. Yeah, we can all cook at home, and um, we know we know what we're cooking on, and we bring the bullets along to competitions. So. Right. Well. On that bombshell, why don't you? I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit cold here. I'm at work and we've got, oh man, it's just no insulation <laughs> in this place. It's an industrial unit, so it's got, it literally is no insulation. But, um, but tell us about your team. So, you guys cooking um, the team, which is the smoking, the slow joint, the slow joint. And um, it's you, Anatole, Izzy, and David, yeah? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, um, uh, you guys have been mainstays of the comp, comp scene since yeah, we, way back, since 2017. I think since the beginning. So the first, um, some will say there was a barbecue competition in Tauranga, that, but I, I didn't know about that. But um, 2017 was... Can you hear that motorbike? <laughs> Sorry? Can you hear that motorbike coming across my mic? <laughs> no. One of my neighbours is must have his Harley gout and revving it, revving it up pretty loud. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the back 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 blocks of uh, Hamilton, Waikato. Yeah, nice. sure. I think like Meatstock Seventeen was definitely the the launch of comp- competitive barbecue in New Zealand. Um, as it, as it got advertised in 2016, I was humming and harring with it. Like, Man, there's a barbecue competition. I really should have a go at getting involved in a barbecue competition. Um, and then um, a mate of mine, Anatole, who knew through brewing, and um, and he, he cooked some bloody good pork ribs. Um, rings me oh, up and goes... You mean he cooked them at the time, or he cooks good ones today? Is he a rib man today? Or? Yeah, he cooks them. Cook some good work. He's the rib man, is he? 
he's a he can be. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, he he rang me up and said, oh, "I've I've entered meat stock and you're on my team." He said, oh, sweet decision made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone, I mean, did something similar. I rang up. I mean, I sitting down one Sunday reading the rules and thought, "Oh yeah, that sounds alright. I give it a give it a give it a nudge." You know what the hell? And then rang up Sefton and Jim and said, hey, uh, you guys want to do this meat stock cook thing? And they're like, yeah. And I go, all right, I've registered us. <laughs> so sorry, that was that. <laughs> the first time we ever cooked together was at meat stock. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and then, he, yeah, then, then we brought, um, well, then he brought Dave into the team. Um, and we also, also had Tracy Moyes, who was um, the fourth member of Slow Joint in the, in the Origin. So we we borrowed a caravan and I dragged in my acorn. Anatole had an acorn as well. We had uh, GMG um, and and the Webbers. That's right. You guys are GMG guys. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then gave it gave it a crap for meat stock. So I think the best we did at meat stock we got eighth in ribs. Um. Twelfth or something. It's pretty man. good, old Anatole Cancroker rib for sure. Fits where yeah. it come. Um, I think we ended up mid pack. Uh, we thought we would have done better, but uh, like right. we yeah, don't, don't know where we're at. I was just more impressed that we like some of our heroes. Well, across across from us were the Shankies. Oh um, yeah, yeah, that's right. They came over for that first one. Yeah, Mike and Mike and the team. So uh, now, how did you know those guys? Did you know them before Meatstock? Nah, just watched them. On, just saw them on, in Facebook and through the Australian Barbecue Alliance. Because um, I didn't even know them. So well, my story is, is that I only got into Facebook to join the barbecue scene, and I didn't even know that there was competitive barbecue in Australia, and um, I didn't I didn't even know what Port Macquarie was until well well after um, that had mm. it. So. Yeah. So that's cool. That's cool that you're uh, right. So you must have been quite an early member of the New Zealand Barbecue Alliance. Yeah. In terms of the Facebook. Group, would have been in the, yeah, there would have been a few, oh, 100, or so, 100 or so members or something. When it first, first came yeah, you would have been one of the real early adopters of it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. Wow. I, I think I was like maybe 3,000 or 2,000. I don't know. I don't want to say because whatever I say, it'll be wrong. But... <laughs> But uh, no, that's cool. So um, now, in terms of the team, so have you guys had a big falling out? Are you gonna? Would you like to disclose something here on press record today? You haven't seen much of you guys cooking lately. No, it's been a tough year this year. Um, not only COVID, but leading into this year, we came out of um, well, last year we came out of the epic competition we ran, um, and then a phenomenal re- job too, by the way, with that one. Really Just re- regroup for the year. We weren't quite sure where we were at, but um, had a few challenges at the start of the year. Anatole's, uh, so he's got a, a vintage motor yacht. Um, so he had some challenges with that, which whenever you got a boat, you used some financial challenges on boats anyway. But he ended up and out of the water, and um, unfortunately, some low life ripped it off, um, ripped the gear off off of it. So. Yeah, that's that's been a financial yeah headache for him. Um, that's disappointing. And yeah, and then we've had we've had quite a bit on at the start of the year as well, so it's been difficult to focus everyone now, back, um, back in 
barbecue. So. Well, just going back to Epic, you guys actually competed at Epic, didn't you? Yeah. So we ran the competition, hated at the competition, and then we thought, oh, screw it. We've already got stuff yeah. on the we already so got the pit going. Why not? Yeah, let's enter as well. So, so how did you end up doing we, an epic? Uh, uh, I don't know. We would have been out of the top ten. I think the best we got did pretty well in in beef, which was pretty good because we thought, oh, it was actually a threat. Uh, we'll do open beef, eh? <laughs> just to throw it out there to see what happens. <laughs> Well, that was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And I'll tell you why. Because you get a bit, little bit tired of cooking the same old brisket. Mm. The level of barbecue in New Zealand is getting so much to the point now where you really have to be uh, on top of your game and super creative and all that to do well. And when I found out it was open beef, I put through a few calls, had a bit of product flowing up and um got some really special meat and just really enjoyed that category and you know to pull off of when we won the beef category and um to have that executed to come up with the idea execute it and kill it and then have that recognized by judges that was really special for me because often my ideas are not appreciated by the judges <laughs> <laughs> so uh so uh, that was a that was a really cool thing for me to go through like um to just put a put an amazing box together, and uh, I don't want to say what we did because we'll probably stick with that format. <laughs> uh, but it was let me tell you, it was a pretty killer. It was a pretty killer box. It was uh, there were three components to it, and they were all very different. So it was um, and and uh, shout out to Ocean Beef who supplied us some of that meat. They uh, they do a they do a badass piece of beef. Those guys down there at Ocean at uh, Ansco. Thanks, Shannon, for hooking it up, man. It was, uh, I mean, it cost me a pretty penny because I had to buy, buy a whole carton. And w we actually put a steak cut in our box. Yes, that's right. As did a lot of teams. And we had to buy, I had to buy a whole carton of the steak, said steak, and that Ansco stuff is not cheap. So it was a, uh, I think, 18 kilogram box <laughs> and, uh, or carton. And uh, but but hey, it got the freaking result in the end. We took the W, and I'm actually just staring up at the trophy right here. And it was uh, it was good, it was good. It was a lot of fun doing that one. In fact, uh, it was a, it was a fun comp to fun comp to get up and running as well. Like it was the it was the last comp of the year as well. So it was the do or die. So there's a lot a lot riding on it. It was it was that's right because um. You know, I'd worked out Barbecue War had pretty much taken it and they just had to come, I think, seven or above. Hmm. I mean, it was it was kind of hard doing the math on it, uh, but... Uh, oh, but there was still... Competition, man. It was yeah, there, was, there was three three. There were three or four that were in the run, so depending on how they went. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what I mean is that um, I'd for kind of worked out what it was going to take for Barbecue War to win and I'd sort of calculated that unless they had a really bad cook, Mm. they would stand uh, a good chance of pulling out. I did not expect us to come RGC at that one. I, I really thought it was going to be them, Brendan, so on and so forth. And it actually turned out to be them, Rum and Q. Rum and Q come second, right? Yeah. In the National Series and then us. So that was that was great. But uh, 2020 is going to be it's another intense year. And um, Brendan Razma, I mean... 
is oh. off to a ripper of a start. And I, I, I tried to work it out, and maybe you can comment on this. Is I think he's at number one by a bit of a margin. Like I think actually, if you even he's only done two comps that qualify, but if you count the two that he's done, he would still be first. Yeah. Uh, meaning, even if you didn't count a third comp against the current scores, he would be number one. So. I think if he has a good cook in the next yeah, well, five, he he'll kill it. So um, he did, I think he come third at QMU. So he's uh, he's going to be a man to watch this year. Definitely, oh, definitely work out to try. Yeah, he's a great barbecue and a very hard worker. Yeah, and very organised. And I've said it again and again in this press record uh, series that organisation and winning barbecue comps go hand in hand. So. So, uh, so we'll be seeing um, the slow joint at the next one, or uh, I don't know if we'll make I don't know if we'll make New Plymouth, um, but definitely we're going to Wishaw. Yeah, uh, that's cool, awesome. So Wishaw, and uh, will we just you mentioned Epic? Will we be seeing Epic uh, reinvigorated this year, or? Um, yeah, it's in the well, yeah, it's in in the planning stages again at the moment. The, I mean, there's been a lot up in the air as far as COVID and what you can and can't do and, and the effects, I guess, of everyone. But, um, yeah, having, having a number of discussions and trying to get that one nailed down, get some stuff going. So, um, yeah, get back. Now, now, that it, now that things are um, easing up a bit, then, yeah, we start getting back into having some conversations. Um, I'm also looking at a couple of other smaller comps as well to try and fit in to get people up and cooking again. They won't be, they'll be SCA as opposed to, as opposed to ABA. Now, can you give the listeners a bit of an update and as to what's happening with SCA? Cause it's not something I have a lot of interest in, but obviously <laughs> I'm aware of it happening and uh, I think it's great. It's such a great compliment for, uh, the NZBA competitions that we're already doing. And can you just give the guys a little update as to what's been happening? Because I know a lot of work's been happening in the background around that. Yeah. Well, I mean, SCA sort of kicked off in, in New Zealand. The only SCA comps we've had have been at Meatstock, um, on the back of Meatstock. But um, we've, there's been, been an interest definitely by here to look at bringing more... Um, get more SCA comps up and running here in New Zealand, and Seems on the back of disappeared, that, Carl, into the grandstand. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, and well, that might have disappeared. <laughs> um, the yeah, and so yeah, on the back of like uh, Glenn Manning down in Christchurch with Southern Fat Cuts um, last year kicked kicked off some conversations with. The SCA there bought um, Michelle Dan came across from the states to um, officiate at the um, his comp that he ran down down there at the Cup weekend um, or Cup week down there. So that was outside of Meatstock. That would have been the first SCA comp in New Zealand, um, which is awesome. And trained up, um, yeah, gonna help get him get him trained up and a couple of others. And then, and um, oh, I've been jumping in as well, getting involved and getting trained up here at, off the back of at Meatstock this year. 
Um, and we went across to Meat Stock Melbourne to finalise some of the training there, get that up and running, get um, get it, uh, New Zealand accredited. So we've got our own, own crew here in New Zealand now. So all trained up. So I see that the New Zealand SCA is a thing now, right? It's an official organisation. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so we can basically run our own SCA events now. Mm -hmm. And if you won, uh, if you won an SCA state category, you get your golden ticket. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations to everybody who's been involved with that. I know that's a big undertaking, and um, like I said, I think it's very complementary to what we're doing. Um, with uh, NZBA and uh, you know, I just I, I guess with the SCA is I do like it because you can easily do a one day comp and it's not such a massive commitment and you know bigger window and less appliances and all that kind of thing. So it's it's definitely a gateway drug for uh, NZBA, but um, I just don't have the creativity. I just I just don't I just I don't have I've got a few cookbooks like maybe three or four. Um, but I just, you know, I watch someone like Trev Dawson do it and I'm just like, man, how do you come up with all this stuff? Um, and saying that Shane's done a phenomenal job, Shane Hartstone and our team of, uh, doing SCA in the past. And, you know, if, uh, if he wants to continue to do that, then I'll support that and we'll do our best to try and get some, uh, SCA awards. Actually, we've got a couple of awards. We've got two bacons and a steak, so... We've done all right for a bunch of guys that have no creativity. Yeah. Well, I mean, the core, the core of SCA is you cook a steak. So the, the, um, the, fe the fe feature category is steak. So you cook a ribeye steak. Um, and so long as you can cook a good ribeye steak, and that can, that'll get you potentially $1,000. $1,000 and a ticket, that, ticket that for entry into... World State Cookoffs, and if we get enough, if we get enough comps going this year, um, we'll have our own New Zealand um, SCA champion or an SCA series. Um, you could get a ring as well. So, so um, now the SCA is slightly different to NZBA in terms of how the points are tallied, isn't it? Like you don't you get a, um, a participation point or something lame like that. I mean, sorry, something like uh, that. Down, down to, down to a certain level. Yeah. Don't you get a ribbon for saying I participated? I don't know if you get a ribbon. You get a point for being in there. But yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, a ribbon. Yeah. For saying well, I ran the race even though I come dead last. I still get a point. <laughs> so, I mean, I watched someone like Dan Greenwood over in Melbourne and doesn't he just win it because he just cooks more than anyone else? I mean, yeah, okay, he's a pretty good cook. Don't get me wrong, but... Yeah, there's you know, a couple... I mean, if you're doing comps every weekend for SCA, aren't you just going to accrue points based on that? Even could do. You're going to get all those, keep getting through the numbers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, well, congratulations on your involvement with that. And I, I believe, what are you, the only head judge to be sanctioned? Uh, I mean, is Luke Sini also able to run an SCA event or is it just you? Uh, no, just, so Glenn, Glenn and myself. Um, and does King Glenn do um, NZBA? No. Mm. Yeah, so you're the first person to qualify for both uh, sanctioning NZBA, you're a head oh, judge. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Now I noticed you've got your black, is that an Australian barbecue alliance? Is that the Australian? Uh, this, this is the New Zealand barbecue alliance. Oh, you got the black on black. Wow. Oh, yeah. okay, I well, I, for those at home, I'm wearing a camouflage version. Oh, you've got the, 
Yeah. Yeah, so there's only a few of us in New Zealand and even in the world who have these who have these Australasian barbecue alliance hats, and these are given to head judges. <laughs> Somehow I scammed one from uh, from Adam. I don't remember how, but um, he said, "Don't tell Carl because he thinks he's the first <laughs> one to get it." So it's good. So actually, this is only the first time I've worn it, and I just wore it to rub it in your face a little bit. So. <laughs> Sure. Now, um, uh, so what? If, uh, so, um, just going back to your barbecue. So, you own an Acorn, you own a Weber. I, I take it you don't sell your barbecues. Uh, you've got the stretch. What else do you have? Um, I've got what else? Have I got? So, I got a, a, the PK. Oh um, yeah. Now, tell us about the PK. What 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 kind of money do they go for here? Because I am actually semi interested in getting one of those. They're pretty expensive. It's eight hundred bucks. Huh? Sure. Mate, all in a day's work, man. I mean, I'm not Tim Britain, but I'm got got my fair, fair share of barbecues. Yeah, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want a gateway as well. Actually, that's on, that's next on the shopping list. Um, but yeah, so the the PK that's I'm really enjoying cooking on the PK. Um, uh, that's probably my go-to at the moment, just because it's quick to get up and running and and uh, get it grilling. You can run. Uh, low and slow, you can run, you can hot and fast, whatever you want to run on it. Um, nice and easy. Uh, I've got, well, I mentioned before, I've got a um, Pro Q bullet. I've got Finetto uh, bullet. Yeah, I've got a Finetto bullet down in Nelson. Um, Christmas, Christmas one year, or a couple, couple of seasons back when it was Finetto Gate, the bargain of the century. Um, I was down home for Christmas and couldn't manage, couldn't manage to take any of my barbecues down south. So well, I'll just go to Bunnings and buy one, <laughs> buy one. So I've got one down there and I've left it down there so that when I'm down home, I've got, um, well, I've donated it. It's my brother's Christmas present or something now. So, <laughs> but oh, man, it's down great. there for me when I go. So it's, it's awesome. I love them. Um, what else? I got the, oh, we've got a trailer. We've got the GMG trailer. So the team, we've got a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty GMG cool. Big trailer, yeah. It's a big old... I mean, how many briskies can you fit in that bad boy? Ooh, you can have a lot of briskies on there. Well, I used know. one in uh, Melbourne just gone for pork belly, and, man, I was blown away by how much pork belly it could fit in there. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah she's yeah. a big unit, but uh, I, we had a few problems with it. It was Dan Barrett's um, GMG pig cooking trailer, whatever it is called. And uh, I really like the configuration where it's like the width of the axle or whatever. I, in fact, I'm going to build one of those. It's freaking cool as. Yeah. And um, has the power. You know, it's a really good configuration. It's just I, I had a few problems with the one that I was using for whatever reason. But uh, you guys seem to like yours, don't you? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Crank it a fair bit of feed. Nice and easy. And it's um, Wi-Fi enabled as well. So you can turn it on from... While you're laying in bed, if you want, you must burn <laughs> through a lot of pallets, though, eh? Uh, it's pretty economical, actually. It's not, okay. yeah, it's not too bad. Depending on depending on how you're running it, if you run it real hot, then it does churn through a bit. But no, it's pretty economical. Funny because I was um I've been playing with the concept of a pallet offset. Uh, sorry, a, a, sorry. Yeah, let me start again. I've been playing with the concept of a rocket stove offset. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you know what a rocket stove is. For those at home, you can search rocket stove. It's basically a tube that's very efficient at burning wood. It creates basically a wicked venturi effect mm. and uh, burns water weight and to, to, to literally to no ash. It gets so hot that the gas coming off the wood, the smoke catches on fire. 
So it's really made to run super efficient in terms of the fuel, burning up all the fuel. So I saw online that some guys made a, a, a pallet burning rocket stove, which automatically made me think, well, could you run an offset off a rocket pallet burning rocket stove? So I actually played with that last night and it was a big fail. Um, <laughs> I used the, I, it's funny because I used the fireboard to control airflow Ooh. and the fireboard fans way too, like I had it running at, I had it running at 40% and the thing shooting flames uh, <laughs> up and uh, almost as high as the roof of our house. And then once you shut it off, because you're like freaking out, then it starts smoking like profusely. And I'm talking like filled the whole inside of my house with smoke, um, uh, even though all the doors were shut. And then both my neighbors from both sides came over to find out what was going on. Should I call the fire brigade? And I was just like, man, it was like a smoke bomb had gone off. It was ridiculous. So I'm playing around with that. I spent last night looking up videos as to where I'd gone wrong. And uh, I think I know where I've gone wrong with it. And so I'm going to um, continue to work on that in the coming months. It's just something I've been working on for probably six months, I guess. And uh, having a bit of fun with it. And so the, other, the, other barbecue I've got, the other barbecue I've got is the uh, pig pit. So I've got a La Caja China, China, China box. Now, uh, where'd you buy that from? Like, I'm curious as to what made you want to buy that. I mean, obviously, you fell in love with cooking whole hog since uh, James' birthday. I'd seen that box online, and I was thinking about bringing one in from the States. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it just a plywood box with a shelf in it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Yeah, because it's basically like IKEA. You could flat, flat pick it and bring it in. But um, I I saw on Trade Me or um, there was one one for sale. A guy bought. Oh, there's a fishing club up north. They had one for sale, and they only wanted three hundred uh, two hundred fifty bucks or something for it. Wow, so that's like, oh, I'm, in, I'm in for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. I'll, I'll um, try and do that. But I was in at the same when I came. Well, it got pointed out to me, and I found it. And, I was um, doing a cooking class with Badass Barbecue at the Long Room. Um, so I was trying to <laughs> keep an eye on this trade, this trade me auction that was going and doing a cooking class at the same time and cocked the whole thing up. <laughs> Not the so cooking class, but the auction, definitely. Yeah, what do you mean you cocked it up? You end up paying a heap for it. No, nah, I missed it. Closed, oh, closed, I don't get it. Come on, mate. <laughs> don't you know what auto bid is? But um, the bloke that got it is he had uh, another company that did spit roasts and stuff, and um, he it took him a while. And he got it, he got it down down in Auckland and that, and then couldn't work out what he had. So they put it back on back on sale and came across it again. Well, actually, Matt Saunders flicked me the link. He goes, "Oh look, so your China oh, box is back on special." Yeah. So you ended up buying it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did you get it cheaper than what you would otherwise are going to pay for it? Or yeah, so I pick it up. No, it was 300 bucks. Mate, so, it's a bargain. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, if I buy it, yeah. But if so I is it, it the only one in New Zealand or what? I mean, nah, there, there, there are, there's a couple. Uh, Barbecues and Moorhead had one or a couple. And they must have sold it to these guys at the start. Um, and that bit. Yeah, 
So I love it. It's awesome. Like I've now is it yours or the teams or what? No, mine. Well, it'll be. It ends up being the teams. Everything. everything. We all share everything. Well, not everything. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, we. I I mean, last end of last year, I would have. I was trying to work. I reckon I would have cooked like six pigs, six cold pigs in it. Damn man, that's a lot of meat. Yeah. No, I've always, um, I've, um, you know, I've been a bit, but I've got to be honest, I'm a bit envious because I see you cooking it and I think, man, what a rock star. It's good. uh, Yeah. It's a rock star move, you know. So I, um, so I mean, could you ever see us having a whole whole competition in New Zealand? Yeah, potentially. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome. I remember. Meat stock 2017, the team next just down from us, two down from us, were cooking a whole pig on a piece of corrugated iron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've had that brought up, and that's one regret I have at meat stock. I get so busy and so, uh, uh, you know, that I never get the chance to actually go and have a look around at what's happening at the Auckland one. I've been to plenty of the Australian ones and done so, but I yeah. don't know. It's just, you know, we, I'd love for us to somehow be able to get back some of that creativity around cooking. And I think having a whole hog competition, you know, I mean, how much of these little pigs you're buying? If you cook six in the last, whatever, how much is a pig costing you? Um, we pay about $10. Um, yeah, about $10 a kilo. I think, around. What are they about? 40 kilos. kilos? So they're at between 35 and 40, 40 kilos a pig. So, so you're paying what four hundred bucks for a pig? Yeah, if you got a forty kilo pig, you're paying four hundred bucks. But yeah. And now, is it coming pretty much ready to cook, or? Um, pretty much. Like, I I guess I get a hand. Well, early on, I was going to hand um, with um, wholesale meats direct, getting and um, herb and only hanger would help help me break them all down and and prep it out because we lay it flat like the meat the um the box you lay splayed out and lay it on a rack like belly down or um so we, you you put it in there um belly up for the first four hours um cook it because you put the um heat beads on the top run heat beads on the top um you cook it for four hours um belly up so hold on is there any fire below the pick no. Okay, so it's got a metal cage, uh, like a mesh or some some kind of pan that it lies on. Yep. And then you have a tray that goes in, and then you pour all the charcoal over the top. Yep. Yep. And then is there a, there's a lid that goes on top of that, isn't there? No, no, no. It's open. Uh, the top's open. Um, and they're they're actually coming up with like they have that's on the site stuff that they want to do new, but they're not selling it yet. They've built a um like a santa maria grill that can fit over the top yeah that's so cool actually cook over top of those grills as well um and and uh well they've got a rotisserie obviously if you want to cook stuff over the top and there's a grill as well so you can chuck stuff on top of the and cook on top but really it's just um the heat just pushes down and in, into the box and cooks it because you're doing a like a 40 kilo pig in four hours is the bottom of the box open or is it catching all the Grease or how does uh, there's a tray there's a tray that fits in the bottom yeah um and then and then you put the and then the pigs on racks 
and that sits on top of that tray. So that tray in the bottom catches all the, well, potentially catches. So you foil it all up and just, yeah. I don't even have to foil it, actually. It cooks really well. Yeah, you don't. Oh, so you, you cook it, you cook it um, ribs up, ribs up for the first for the four hours and then um, open it up and flip the pig over and then stack up the coals for a, a half an hour and it just crackles it up like that's your puffy, that, that's your puff, puffy crackle. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so, so that's pretty around, cool. around the edges of the, the, edges of the belly, you get a little bit of the um, that golden toffee comes in there, but across most of it, it's that puffy, puffy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, when's the next one I'm coming up? You yeah, got me but, sold. Yeah, my kid, it's, when I did, again, again, so I did, uh, had the roasting box for my daughter's first birthday, so we did a whole pig for that as well. And their birthdays are coming up oh, in a few weeks, so we'll be cranking out the roasting box again for that. So. All right, well, sounds like I need to make one of these and have a go at it. I've always wanted to cook whole hog. It's but... good fun. I just, I love cooking whole hog. What I what I want to get now is what I need are a couple of um, couple of cleavers that I can use for chopping up. Um, oh yeah, the old <laughs> would would love it. Would love a couple of those CW Works uh, cleavers, but well, I'll tell you what, I've got, uh, I've got one of them from Kimu just up above me. <laughs> and, um, in fact, I believe it's up there. Yeah, and um, look, this time next year we can have a talk, maybe. We'll see how we go next. <laughs> um, uh, now, um, have you ever seen the shed cook at Memphis and May? They cook whole hog. Yeah. And they've got the special pit that cooks the pig standing up. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's like mounted standing up. And they, yeah, it's, they've got a trolley in there as well. They crazy. Walk, walk it out. To... Well, somehow it's on this apparatus. So they cook, yeah. they cook two in there at once, I believe. Maybe it's yeah. just one. Anyway, it's standing up in position. They they wire it all up to like this apparatus, and and the apparatus also can move and pull the pig, pull it can manipulate the pig out of there, um, in position. It's like cantilevered out, and they dress it all up with the parsley below and all that, so it actually looks like it's walking. Yeah. It's fully cooked, and then they feed one side because it meant for some you got a little presentation so they feed one side of the pig to the judge and then on the other side they can still have the side of it looking pristine and like the like the judge is getting a brand new pig it's amazing work i mean brad and his sister yeah. i forget his sister's name uh yes uh, yeah i should know that yeah um, oh, i follow her on follow them on instagram as far yeah as me too um, but um, but yeah, they're um, they're they're a great great combination of people, and um, I'd love to get down to the shed at some point and try their food. Um, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the comps and stuff, the stuff they do, comps that they run out of there and stuff as well. Like they had an SCA comp there that had five hundred yeah. plus competitors or something. Yeah, I'd love to go and get fed at the shed. <laughs> it's their uh, it's their little. That's like Memphis. Um, just um, in awe of like yourself getting along to Memphis and May and stuff. I was listening to Kerry Bingle, um, Pig Leg Porker. Yeah, he's talking about Memphis and May. <laughs> yeah, he's he yeah he. Yeah. So this is the first time I ever went, and I didn't know what to expect. It was the first American comp I'd ever been to. 
and I'm like, holy cow! And it's just like you're blown away by it. It's 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 down at Tommy Lee Park, and it's along the river, and they build three, four story uh, apartment blocks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, where they take people. Yeah, because that's what I was looking to. Peg League has a massive party, and yeah. and I'm just a young player, and I go out, and they've got this block of ice that's probably half a meter wide, half a meter long, by like you know uh, three hundred mil wide, and it's got like a little channel carved out of it, <laughs> and then at the bottom there's a place where you sit your chin, and they're pouring <laughs> shots. Of God knows what down this little slide, and then it comes into your mouth. Then, and, and we're all back there, and, and old mate's got his karaoke going, and his pig leg. He's a really good singer, and he's just rocking it out, and we're having a great time. Anyway, I got the back, and Dave Grohl's back there, chilling, having a beer. And I, of course, I didn't know who Dave Grohl is because I don't listen to his music, but I, I was keeping an eye out for Selena Gomez, but. I've managed to see um, Dave Grohl and I'm like, who's this dude everyone's taking photos with? And I'm like, oh, well, I'll get a photo. You know, I didn't even get a photo with him. Actually, I took a few photos of people taking photos. And oh, then, I'm sure you've posted it. I've seen you post a photo. No, 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 no. Because that was the following year. Because the first year, I don't know who he was. So, um, so I, so I, um, oh, okay. so we were hanging out with him and Jesse, one of my teammates is all, you know, everybody's making a fuss. I'm just like, I don't even know who that is. I was like, I, 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 there's so many barbecues I don't know and musicians. And anyway, so afterwards, he's like, bro, wasn't that awesome hanging out with Dave Grohl? And I was like, oh, is that the guy you're hanging with? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Foo Fighters and all that. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's why everyone's making a fuss. Anyway, the, after that, that same year, the next day, we come and made finals. And he came and hang with us. And that's when I got that photo with him that, you know, that I like to tease people with. And, um, and then last year, when we won as well last year we won grand champion world champions he he come and hang with the team as well and just man he he's probably there for two hours bro the whole like actually the whole band was yeah and he was really interested in like the jambo and tuffy gave him a really good tour of the jambo and he's just such he's, a, he's, he's such a cool dude man he's really but he's cool. massive on barbecue he loves barbecue he's got yeah loves barbecue three big pre-needs gigs and he's got a he's probably got a jambo now Backbeat barbecue. I don't know if he's got a jambo, man. I, I, I don't know, but um, yeah. maybe he was certainly he was certainly loving the look and feel of um, yeah, uh, Tuffy's yeah. pit. You know, I don't know. I think if Jamie somehow got a hold and said, "Hey, why don't we build you a jambo?" You know, make it whatever, backbeat or whatever. I'm sure he would want to do it, but uh, Jamie doesn't care either. He'll just. I mean, he's got a huge line for people wanting his barbecue. So, what does he care if Dave Grohl has one? Right, he's already got a. Yeah. So it was cool to meet him, and he's like such a cool guy, um, just down, really down to earth, and really a genuine love for barbecue. Mm. And he, he's not one of these guys that's like really attention seeking and all that kind of thing. And um, who, who are we talking about? Dave Grohl. Dave, yeah. yeah, he's just just super chill, and you know, um, he's a really really easygoing guy. Actually. Yeah, really easygoing, and, have, and it was cool. I, have, I have I have met him before. Well. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys <laughs> cooked for him, eh? When did you cook for him? After the concert no. or before the con- con- concert? Didn't you? I don't cook for, no, I didn't cook, cook for Dave Grohl. I just met him at, after after a con- uh, he was playing for uh, played with them Crooked Vultures band, them Crooked Vultures, and um, 
were at um, I was at yeah, we're at the hotel where they were staying and had an e- had an evening on the on the jars with. I bet <laughs> you were the guy. Yeah, I mean the guy. Yeah, I can imagine how that went. I can imagine what you were like. You would have been yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. No, it's it's pretty cool when you meet down to the people who you have all these expectations about how, who, and why, or what they are, and they end up being like totally down to earth. And yeah. I, you know, what impresses me is he has a genuine love for barbecue. So, yeah, who who knows? One day I might listen to some of his music. You never know. Uh, anyway, get back to um, Peg Lee because he was saying Memphis in May. So I don't, I don't know what the entries entries are, but. And you can only compete in one. So, yeah, so it's, do, it's one category. You do whole hog, or yep. you do pork shoulder, or, or you do rib. Correct. Well, see, or, Memphis, or, or you have, or like him, you have three teams. You enter as three teams. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know he did that, but I, I could, I could see why he does that. But uh, look, uh, down in Memphis, there they barbecue as pork, and pork is barbecue, right? So that's yeah. their thing down there. They have Gus's chicken, and they have pork barbecue. And uh, so they have those three categories and then they have a bunch of ancillaries. Yeah. And we, and typically a team will cook a category. So um, peg leg have always cooked near us, which means that they're typically a um, a uh, shoulder team, but they, they, try and group, they try and group teams together because they want the judges to travel the least amount. And yeah. then you do three, three rounds of judging where judges come to your site, you welcome them to your site, you do a presentation about what you're going to show them and then you give them the meat and you serve them the meat. And then they judge it, they go away and judge it. You don't know how you've done whatever. And then based, and then you also turn in a blind box. So you turn in a blind box plus your on-site judge by three ones. And then they let you know whether you've made the finals and the finals is basically the final three teams. So if you made finals, you're basically got a placing, right? Yeah. And then and then they definitely cooking. When they have finals, then they come back to the site and you have to do it all over again. But the whole this thing. Time, yep. But this time you're doing six judges at once. Yeah. So three male, three female judges. <laughs> and you have to prepare, you know, tell them the whole spiel again and then feed them the, the pork and then they go away and they figure out who was the best of the three. Now, um, old mate from, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, geez, he's slipping my tongue now. Um, the guy, the guy who runs the, jeez, uh, um, geez, I can, anyway, he's won it like every year. Like, I think he's won it like 12 years in a row. Um, Chris Liddy, Chris Liddy has won it like. Hi, Chris Liddy. Because that's Pigley. Pigley goes, I don't do shoulder anymore because Chris Liddy beats me every yeah. yeah, he won it like 12 years uh, and I think seven in a row or something like that. And he, he beat us last year, but this year, uh, sorry, last last year he beat us and, and this year we managed to pull the whole thing together. And um, and it's weird because they also do the highest score wins GC. So, <laughs> yeah. So last last year it was the shed that won the grand championship with whole hog. Yeah. And then and then uh, uh, last year it was us with shoulder. So it's kind of a weird competition. That's yeah, what a lot of people don't understand about it. But yeah. honestly, it's 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 cool, man. I'd really love to do something like that in New Zealand where we do yeah. a, like a, a presentation component because I think it would go down well, man. But I mean, some people will be in it, some won't. Mm. But um, I think it would be a lot of fun and maybe we should throw it into mania. Maybe just thinking out loud. Maybe I'll talk to the team and see what we're going to do. 
It would be cool to do well, that on-site judging. Meatstock Sydney, I don't know, was, was it 18? Or maybe even was 17. They did whole hog. Yeah. Yeah, we came, we came around and, because we came around and judged. Yeah. While we were in the stands. And, Hillbilly did it, did the judging too, eh? Yeah. And because um, I, think, I believe Thing won it. Um, the guys from uh, Newcastle, um, Adam Rothwell and his team. Yeah. The smoking. Six stars. Tech Souls, yeah, Tech Souls. Yeah. Souls won it. So, um, no, I mean, uh, look, I mean, if you're interested in doing that, guys, let us know in the comments um, if that sounds like something you want to do. Um, me and Carl might, but maybe we'll just throw some money down and do a whole hog cook. I don't know. Yeah, we can do a whole hog. Love it. Love it. Love I mean, I'll need to practice up and I'll maybe need a year to get good at it because, um, uh, yeah, I don't. I've never cooked a whole hog. <laughs> I do have a whole hog pit actually, so I could actually do it, but I'd probably want to make a box type thing to do it in because it'd just be a good job leaving bricks. But um, hey, I could have a go at it. I mean, but a... yeah, sort of what I was getting to though is like at least in like we spend a lot of money to compete here in New Zealand um, and just like getting sponsors on board and, and to support it. But at least like with your entry fees, um, the meat you're going to use to compete. Um, and all and all, all of your kit and stuff that you're going to take, it's a it's a it's a big financial burden and a lot of money to spend on it. But in some of those, like Memphis and May or something, the entry fees are like four grand, Dude, another four grand for the tent site and the tent gear. Um, and and in that thing there as well, he's saying, oh, I spent thirty grand. It's like thirty. Let me tell you, we're we're like a little team over there, and we'd spend at least twenty grand. Yeah. Like by the time you pay for all, all the hotels, travel, the actual, I mean, we don't pay for the protein, but if we did have to pay for it, I mean, you're easily spending 20, 30 grand. Mm. It's just, it's just an expensive undertaking, right? It's US dollars, right? So, Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and you don't win. I mean, um, I've done the economics on it a few times because I've been curious about it, but um uh, you win like 20 grand, so you might get your money back. But I mean, any professional barbecue competitor will tell you it's not about the money. No, when I mean, when we compete, it's not really about, yeah, it's not, not the money, you know, it's not the money you win, it's the, it's just the fun of being there and um, the prestige of. Yeah, I think it beats playing golf, right? Oh, hell yeah. I can't hit a ball so much. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd love to. I mean, we were going to try and take a group over to Texas this year, but that got all asshole because of COVID. But um, I'd love to take a group to Memphis in May, but then I'm obviously not going to give up competing at it to take a group. So, we had um, the Jack Daniels um, group that came through the first year I was over there, and uh, that was a lot of fun. It obviously got um, canned this year. So, uh, I guess we're still the champs. So, uh, yeah, it's actually, um, I'll actually show you something which is pretty cool, which I think you would appreciate because you're a big fan of this type of cooler. But, um, I've actually, for those who wonder what this cooler is all about, I've got a few Yeti cups here too, Carl. I'll just probably throw, uh, I can't, I can't believe you haven't, I can't believe you haven't got a Yeti chair. Well, I don't, have tried to get one, but I don't know if you ever wondered what that's all about, but that's what that is. It's actually a trophy. <laughs> so Yeti sent that out to everyone in the team 
last year because um, Tuppy's sponsored by Yeti and does a lot of work for Yeti. And so the guys at Yeti sent that out to me in New Zealand and the guys in Texas and the guys up in Virginia and that. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So haven't decided if I'm going to use it. Um, but uh, that's, that's what that's all about. So um, it's just something cool and um, it was definitely a lot of fun doing that method for May. Wow. It's all right. Um, Meatstock meat stock 2018 RGC, we've got a Yeti, um, Yeti for a yeah, you did. <laughs> prize. <right>. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, who's got that, by the way? Uh, I've currently got it at my place at the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Is it a white one or one of the new colours? No, white one. Yeah. yeah, I want to get one of their new, they sort of do that Smurf poo colour, the kind of the olivey colour. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty cool colour. I don't like white ones because they get banged up so easy and they get dirty looking. Yeah. And, and no amount of cleaning will get it clean. That's what, that's what barbecue stickers are for, right? Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, you guys did phenomenally well at that meat stock and um, it's good, <laughs> to, good to see you guys back. Um, now, so it's still the same team though, right? Um, well, for the, the guys that we... The guys we said before, like 17, we've gone through a couple of iterations. So the team now is uh, Tolls, obviously, runs the team. Um, myself, uh, Dave, and Izzy. So um, where we brought Izzy on, actually, just prior to um, stock 18 I think. so he, he's been with us quite a long, quite a while he's uh we've we've uh, elevated him from dishwasher it's taken he's, him quite a while oh man i mean some of the stuff he makes at home man i'll tell you what <laughs> uh, uh, he's, he's just such a competent um uh, you know there's not many chefs true chefs who are very good at barbecue because they yeah. try to overcomplicate the flavors but as he's been really clever in that he's put a lot of effort into the accompaniments and st stayed away from trying to dramatically change the actual proteins. Now, yeah. I'm sure he can cook a badass bit of chicken or whatever, but a lot of chefs, guys who get into barbecuing, that's the mistake they make is they try and chefify something that's actually supposed to be really simple and, and quite yeah. straightforward and uh, never seems to work. But um, as he's done well, I mean, some of those lime and jalapeno jam things that he made. Uh, oh yeah, so we've sort of kicked him off on that. Kicked him off on yeah, those, and those he's trying to out trying to outdo some of the stuff that I kicked off. So we're we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, but he's he's harvesting a hell of a lot of great stuff out of his garden and stuff. As oh well. man, he's killing it. I, I mean, I've been following him. Just man, I just wish I lived in Auckland to be able to get access to some of that. Oh yeah, and yeah, cooking up briskets most weekends and stuff as well. So it's, yeah, it's been good. Um, yeah, so he's just down the road, so it's nice and easy. <laughs> go around there, give him a hand, or go and throw something on, throw something on the queue if he's running it for something. So, yeah, yeah. Now, um, are you going to plan on? Are you guys? Um, I mean, have you guys got any great plans as a team um, to compete overseas, uh, either in the US or Australia? Have you got any big moves you're making to change your appliances? Or, I mean, I, I assume the one thing you won't change is your continue to be powered by heat beads because that's uh hmm. that's the fuel to stay with but um have you got any great plans beyond that 
Uh, uh, not at the moment. Like it's been, we've been in a little bit of a hiatus, so yeah, regrouping a few things, trying to work out where we're at. I mean, always, um, always want to get back back across to Australia. We did Kingsford Invitational, you know, like a couple of years ago or a year or so ago. Um, well, I was keen to get back over there and do some of those other comps that are going to come up. It's all, I mean, now now everything's up in the air. It's pretty hard to sort of try and plan that sort of stuff, but. Yeah, definitely keen. Um, I want to definitely want to get across and check out a couple more of the comps that um, Rob and that uh, Rob and Dion and that are doing for smoking hot and saucy. Some of those like the um, bro- uh, broke comp and the, yes, yeah, and check out some of those areas. Well, I went um, to um, I went to Blackbeer's one because Blackbeer obviously hosted at Moore Park the Invitational, and then they moved it up to Windsor. Yeah, Windsor. And, um, uh, I've got to be honest, man. I was uh, not sure what to expect with it being up in Windsor. I thought it might be a little bit too hillbilly, but it was actually a really good event. Uh, Mo Mo cooked it. Um, I think he won first in brisket. He was raving about his brisket. And, and one thing I love is when someone backs up their raving. Um, I hate going there as a badass brisket, and then it comes like twenty third. Uh, but he he backed it up, man, and got a got a walk in brisket. And uh, congratulations, Mo. And um, he um, and it was a good event. It just seemed to be a really good event. Um, I'd like to go over and maybe have a crack at it. Um, we were booked in to go and do that Cairns one, Ken's one. Yeah, that one looked awesome as well. That would have been great to go. Yeah, I mean, it, I've always wanted to get up there. And we looked at the cost of going, and it was like the same price as going to Sydney. So we just thought, why not? Um, we had to organise for the Octo Pit to be transported up there and everything, and uh, obviously that's been assault. So um, I think they've just bumped it. I mean, I haven't really talked to them, but they've bumped it for 12 months, I believe. And um, but hey, fine by me, we'll show up next year and uh, gives us another year to practice. But uh, I mean, they had a huge prize purse, it was like 50 grand or something, which is ridiculous. And um, really cool to see some of those bigger prize pools going to get you up there, but um. But uh, yeah, yeah. a couple of US teams coming across to the crocodiles or something. I don't don't know nothing about that, but that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Swamp boys, isn't it, it? it's funny, it's no joke. I mean, we've had obviously some of the best cooks in the US come down to Australia and cook, and um, oh, it's amazing the the people that well, gaze do well, but yeah, it's no no joke though. Um, cooking in Australia, there's some really good teams over there. So oh yeah, there's some great great cooks. So uh, look, I mean, well, um, can can you just so? Is there any big plans to cook? Um, have you guys locked anything in in terms of comps or like mm. you guys going to sell the stretch or anything dramatic? <laughs> uh, no, no. I was talking to the boys the other day about um, adding a adding a gateway so that we can uh, jump in with the cool kids. <laughs> Start <laughs> start looking at start looking at easier easier options of uh, transporting kit around and um, yeah run run some of the stuff that's doing well. I mean so, the only way to go to me is just to do a trailer mounted setup so that anybody can just tow it. I mean just I mean that's the way to go. Yeah, I mean Brendo's gone for cans and that and that's that's cool and whatever whatever works. Um, but, uh, I mean, you watch Brad and Tim go around the US and they still have their big rig with their four gateways in the back of it. Yeah. It's not like they've really saved any effort. But And it just seems like 
they're not easy to transport because they're an odd shape or whatever to tie down. Like they don't have any anchor still, points. In fact, yeah, I was you driving. Still, you can still lift it. You can still lift it. Not like a string. <laughs> well, that's true. I was driving down the road, and um, I normally tie the gateway down over the top of it. But in this instance, I wrapped it around it and drove up the road, and not realizing that the lid wasn't secure. Oh yeah. And got to the venue and like, where's the lid? <laughs> drove back up. It had been like driven over three times, and so the old gateway's a bit worse for wear. I did get it fixed up, but um, but yeah, she's hurting. But anyway, so um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be good to see you guys at comps, and um, uh, glad to hear that um, you guys are getting back in the saddle. Mm. And um, but I think I think on the back of it as well is I want to get I want to get some more of these comps and stuff uh, going and stuff as well. I mean, that's why I'm keen to be involved in NZBA, um, like judging and. Um, that and with the SCA stuff as well, that we can enable enable comps so that you guys can be be cooking and stuff as well. So, well, look, I mean, I I definitely love to talk to you about what we can do in Hamilton. I mean, obviously, I run Barbecue Mania, and I'd love for someone else to run it, and I would also love to run a second event in the year, and I'd love for someone else to run that too. Mm. Um, so, if you want to talk about doing something, I mean, I'll put some. Uh, I know I'm in close with Texas Pete, so I could probably twist their arm into being a sponsor <laughs> for one of your events. And um, yeah. as long as I don't have to fill out paperwork, I'd love to be involved with it from a cooking <laughs> point of view. So sounds awesome. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, we might wrap it up there. Is there anything you'd like to finish up with there? Shout out to your sponsors and how do we follow the team, that kind of thing? Um. Well, the Slow Joint are on Instagram. We're on Facebook, so the Slow Joint. Um, and I guess Instagram at the Slow Joint. Um, we're usually kicking around somewhere. <laughs> uh, and, and doing something, getting up to getting up to chaos somewhere. We, um, I'd really like to thank Epic for the support that we get from them. Um, cool. Yeah. And def, uh, definitely the the heat beat um heat beads as well been been a huge um admirer of the product from day one day dot when i was trying to find a good good uh heat source and and fuel for stretch I was always looking for uh, i mean i think it's well established now that they're the number one barbecue fuel in the region you know maybe even in the world i mean when we compete at the royal we they took over heat beads and um, my buddy from Texas is like, hey bro, can I have some of those heat beads if there's any left? I mean, I love the product and uh, actually follow, great, great product. Following the um, with the British um, Barbecue Society and stuff as well and heat beads are over there now as well. So, oh, that's awesome. Swine yeah. of mine, sweet, what is it? Sweet bunch of swines. Sweet bunch of swines. Killing it over there. Met those yeah. guys uh, at the Jack. That'll be, that'll be the next, next one as well. We get across to... Um, Got a big barbecue comp over there, uh, Meatopia or something. Over yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a festival way. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been talked about. It's been talked about. <laughs> uh, there's supposedly another good one too in Japan somewhere, which is surprising, but Ooh, yeah. and they like their beef. So yeah, sushi beef. Well, I'm always keen for a road trip, so uh, you know, count me in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Uh, no, it's cool. Well, we'll wrap up there, and I agree with you. Um, uh, heat beads is a great fuel, and um, uh, 
guys, if you can go along and follow uh, The Slow Joint on their barbecue journey, Instagram at The Slow Joint and uh, Facebook, The Slow Joint. And uh, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to Press Recall with Jared McDonald, J-Mac, go ahead and push subscribe or don't. We don't even care. So we're just making these videos to document our barbecue journey. And uh, we'll wrap things up here, Carlos. Thank you very much. Round of applause. And uh, we'll see you next time. Okay.